What a great time to be alive. I am no longer in the sauna. We have moved the podcast studio. If you're ready to have fun on not the Tonight Show, not the Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Ellen, Jimmy Oprah, Jimmy Coder, Colbert, Colbert, and Trevor No Laugh Show, then give this a thumbs up because you're watching The Right Show. This is the only show where we interact with the audience. We put your comments on the screen if I can catch them in time, and we break down the things you're not allowed to talk about on those boring network shows, which, let's face it, they are so corrupt, and we're gonna talk about that today, too. In fact, today we discuss the Cuomo Bros, or as I call them, the Cuomo Bozos. We're gonna give out the Juicy Smollett's Fake Race Hustler Award. Because every week there's so many examples. We have to pick who's the biggest fake race hustler. We're going to get into that. And then we're going to show a sneak peek of my new movie and end it all with a laugh. But first, a word from our sponsors. If you have joint pain, muscle soreness, digestive problems, or just difficulty concentrating, then you might need Active Adams turmeric curcuminoids. This is a high dosage of turmeric extract which promotes a healthy inflammation response. Each capsule contains 15 times more turmeric extract than other turmeric supplements. And for each bottle you purchase, Active Adams donates to help fight sex trafficking. This is a company that actually stands for freedom, whether it's freedom from inflammation, freedom of speech, or freedom from modern day slavery. Visit activeadams.com and enter Kayvon10 at checkout for your 10% discount and help fight inflammation while living with freedom. Okay, so there you have it, and that's how you look good. You start using that product. With that said, guys, it is time for The Right Show, cleverly described as a support group for normal people. We welcome people on YouTube, we're simulcasting on Facebook, and it becomes a podcast in one week. After the show, we hang out on Locals, so you can ask me anything, and we can break down stuff we're not allowed to talk about on these big tech platforms, which always cut down on freedom of speech. And you've seen that. The stuff you want to watch, the stuff you want to see is not allowed on TV YouTube was the final frontier where you could win, you could, you could eat what you kill, you meet your own fans, you build it up, and slowly, big tech got taken over by the radical left, and they cramped down on our platform here now as well. So the party's over, look for other forums and platforms to support your favorite artist. We're gonna do a subscriber check, I want you to see on YouTube if anyone's deleted you. We shot up to 336,000 subscribers in the last seven months, and then it came to a screech, screeching halt. Why is that? I'm working harder than ever. I have a new movie coming out in just 24 hours. I have big stars in the film. I have my own late night show now, and I'm creating videos weekly, but for some reason, totally turned off. Speaking of which, why don't we take a look at what last week was like in the eyes of a comedian? I'm going to tell you something. Doing comedy has always been fun, but lately it's gotten even better because last week alone, forget Thanksgiving week, we took that week off, but right before that, Orange County one night, Houston for two nights, and Nashville for the final night. That is one weekend. Chris Rock came to the show in Nashville he came and performed after my show, so I got to stick around. Small comedy club. Imagine seeing legendary comedians with just 180 other people in the room, and nobody had their phone because Chris Rock takes your phone, puts it in a bag that clips shut, and the only way to unlock the bag is to go to the front security, and they have the machine that kind of opens that little bag. You can pull your phone out. That means 180 people locked in on every word he was saying, and not doing one of these, you know, not, to, oh, you know, half the head's right here. No, he had their undivided attention, and that week looked a little something like this. That's Buckwheat, 
That right there is Jeremy Piven. The fat guy from Analyze This. That's Kurt Cobain. Margaret Cho. The guy from Reading Rainbow. Dom DeLuise. Joe Coy. Fifi from Friends. It's Paul Mooney. Nick Swartzen. And Dom DeLuise again. <laughs> Uh, wow, that is one week felt like a year right out of my life, especially about how hard we traveled, how hard we partied, how much fun, and how much we ate the week before Thanksgiving, because Nashville's got good food, Houston has good barbecue, Orange County had unlimited food in the green room for the comedians. John C. knows what's up. Put a little tip in the bucket. He says, go cave on. The comedian we need. Appreciate you. And thank you. Now, all this has been leading up to something even more exciting. A new movie coming out. The red carpet premiere is tomorrow. They're expecting 500 people. I'm acting opposite of John Heater, uh, Barry Corbin. We have in the film Pat Finn, who's a hilarious sketch actor and he's on all the commercials for Toyota in Arizona. So if you ever see a Toyota commercial in Arizona, that's Pat Finn. I'm gonna let John Heater tell you the storyline. What I love about John, he's dry humor, sarcastic, naturally funny. He purposefully confuses you with his description of the movie. Hello, my name is John Heater. Welcome to sunny Arizona where we are shooting the film Funny Thing About Love. I play Charlie Banks. Pretty sure it's a character based on one of the Banks' children in Mary Poppins. There's a lot of love for Mary Poppins going around, but actually that can't be confirmed. Um, it's a Banks, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, but I play Charlie Banks. I'm uh, the the I'm the brother of the main character, uh, Samantha, and uh, we have a great relationship, a very kind of uh, you know brother sisterly relationship. I love her; she loves me, and but you know I rib her every now and then. And I mean well, but I, uh, my character's main purpose in life is to just uh, toss out a few nuggets of wisdom uh, cloaked in kind of nonsensical uh, dialogue. Um, but the audience, who is always quicker than we may believe, uh, will pick up on that. We've all had quite a fun time on set trying to figure out everybody's relationship because we have Uncle Luke, who could soon be a double uncle if he were to marry Samantha. But if Bryce marries Samantha, then he's just a plain old first generation uncle. Uh, whereas I am just dad, brother-in-law to possible, uh, brother-in-law to possible future Luke or future Bryce, uh, brother to Samantha, who is besties with uh with uh, Annie, my wife, who is sister to Luke, my possible future brother-in-law, double uncle to my children, possibly. So if you couldn't follow that, that's exactly what he did on purpose. Some people watch that and go, he made it a little confusing. That is John Heater for you. And that's exactly what he's like on and off camera. Why do you think he played Napoleon Dynamite so well? Gosh. Uh, yes, that is Napoleon Dynamite. Thank you for the question, Ed. And uh, he is really just a great guy. He worked with Will Ferrell in the movie Blades of Glory. And he's been in Tremors, part seven. They're, they're still doing that. And uh, he filmed on location in Thailand for 45 days to make that movie come to life. So he has these stories, these experiences, but nobody has more stories than Barry Corbin, okay? Why don't we just jump right in? You saw him last week, so let's not, let's not go too far with that. I want you to meet Pat Finn, the hilarious gentleman from all the commercials for Toyota. He's also his best friend and roommate growing up was Chris Farley. So you have to understand how long he's known he's been in this world. Everyone you see in this movie is not just a, oh, they just found him at the bus stop. These people are legit, and that's why it takes, what, 15, 20 years to become an overnight success? Pat Finn, get to know him. Hi, I'm Pat Finn, and I play John Banks, uh, who is 
They don't say he's a, like a neurosurgeon, but you kind of get the feeling he is, smart-wise. I'm kidding. He's the dad uh, of the family. And um, as a dad myself, it's kind of fun to play, and uh, especially with this amazing cast. So I feel very fortunate to be John Banks, uh, the dad. The, the fun thing I think about my character, obviously he's a dad, um, so he gets to, um, you know, cook the turkey, bring the turkey into the family, present it to everybody. He's in charge of one of the games, which is fun. Um, I also have a really sweet scene with uh, Summer, who plays my daughter, uh, in it, which is really nice because I have two daughters myself, so it's uh, and a son. So it's, it was, uh, it was acting, but it certainly I could pull from a lot of places, so it felt pretty comfortable. Um, and as far as hijinks goes, um, well, as the character, I think I can relate in a lot of ways because uh, I, I, I screw up in a couple of one kind of big area um, as far as cooking goes. But uh, so I can <laughs> I can relate a little bit to that. So that that was kind of fun to to play in. Uh, I had a, a three-year reprieve uh, from not doing something uh, via the fire department's orders. So. I got the green light again this year, so you'll just have to wait and see what that's all about. So much fun, and that is all I can show you, because if I reveal too much, you're going to feel like you saw the whole film. The only way to watch the film is to pre-order it now on Apple TV. They have the exclusive rights to show the film. You can stream it anywhere in the world. That's on my website, kvon.tv. Go to tour dates, go to December 3rd, there's the tickets. You can order it there. But we also have a few cities it's playing in. So I thought I would share that with you before we kicked off all the nastiness of the right show. Because as you know, we get a little nasty when we go here on this show. So let's just, let's start it off nice and warm and then work our way into the slums. How does that sound? I will now read for you all the cities this movie will be on the big screen. So then you go see it in the theater and you can say, wow, I saw this the way you're supposed to. Okay, funny thing about Love Movie will be appearing for one week only, December 3rd through December 8th, in uh, these theaters. Arizona, Casa Grande, Chandler, Flagstaff, Gilbert, Goodyear, Mesa, Peoria, Phoenix, Prescott Valley, Queen Creek, Tempe, Tucson, and Yuma. How does that sound? If you live in any of those towns or have friends that do, send them to those theaters. Almost all Harkins. California has Chino Hills, Hollywood, and Redlands. Send them to those theaters. Colorado has Denver, the Harkins Arvada Theater. Mississippi has Troy. The movie appears in New Jersey in Bergenfield at the Bergenfield Five. Ohio has the Cleveland Akron Atlas Cinemas. Oklahoma has Oklahoma City in Bricktown, what, what? Texas, the movie appears in Dallas-Fort Worth at La Cron Plaza, and Houston at Cine America Houston. And finally in Utah, Lehigh at the Megaplex. 18 theaters at Thanksgiving Point. What a great name. So there you have it. We have now discussed the movie in full length. It is time to get into the nitty gritty. You are watching one of the funniest, most cutting shows allowed Anywhere in the world, it's The Right Show. So, what did you do for Thanksgiving? What did you eat for Thanksgiving? I cheated for Thanksgiving. That means I didn't really cook anything. I ordered a turkey from a beautiful local market that came cooked. It was still in that plastic bag, but it had already been cooked to perfection. I just put it in the oven, turned it on for two hours, and it warmed the turkey up. I then ordered my sides, mashed potatoes, yams, green beans, stuffing, little artichoke bread balls, and two types of pie from Whole Foods Market. Cha-ching, swipe the card, bring it home, put it into dishes so that no one knows it came out of, hide the Whole Foods tubs in the bottom of the garbage, put it under the sink, and present it like I was slaving over the stove all week. I'm going to read what you did for Thanksgiving, and if you would like to copy my plan, I'll tell you what, everything was clean, all the dishes were put away before the dinner was done. I appreciate that much better than, could you please wash this? We're not going to let that soak overnight. Come on, get in here. Give me a, who's going to help out? I cooked all, you don't want to harass your guests and your friends, so you do it classy like I did. I want to know this, where are you from, 
And what is your favorite Christmas carol? That's a question I always have for people. Now think of all the different Christmas carols. We all know the silent night. Ooh. You know, that one puts me to sleep. Not a fan. Then we got the I like to bang my drum, prom, 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 prom. It's a little juvenile for me. Um, what are some of the others? I mean, you guys know your Christmas carol. Rudolph the Red Nose, and that's for children. Grandma got run over by the reindeer. Don't really, you know, my grandma actually made that song off limits at Christmas. She did not want to hear it, did not appreciate the sentiment. To her, that was worse than the song WAP. She would prefer WAP over Grandmother Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And finally, my favorite song, I think I should tell you, I don't even know the name, but if you remember the movie Home Alone, there's a part where he's like running or he's trying to get back home or someone's trying to kill him and you hear the I don't even know. I think it's called the sleigh bells or the bells are coming to kill you. It's the most deadly Christmas song known to man. All right, we're going to catch up with you and see what you said in the comments. We got some people from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Favorite song? Go tell it on the mountain. Patricia comes in hot with that's my favorite song too. Carol of the murdering bells. We have Leadhead saying silver bells. One Nation or God reminding us that Charlie Brown's Christmas album is straight fire. We got some Knoxville Tennesseanians in the house talking to us about angels we have heard on high. I don't even know that song. You know what? A lot of you are forgetting a, a great song. This Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away. Okay? I don't know who sings it. George Michael or something like that. I always thought it'd be funny if a Persian guy sang that song. This Christmas, I give you my heart, but what happened the very next day? Why did you give it away? I don't know. That's just how they sing. They just ad lib. They add their attitude into the word. It's hilarious. Great one, Helen. All I want for Christmas is you. One of my favorite songs is Bono sings it with a few of the others, and they're kind of yelling at you to donate money for Christmas. It's kind of cool because there's angry rocker yelling. You know, tonight, thank God it's them instead of you. And there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. Ah, and the greatest gift they'll have this year is life. Do they even know it's Christmas time at all? Very sad. It's sad that they don't even know it's Christmas. All right, enough fun stuff. Let's get into it. It is time to dig in deep and figure out what is wrong with our country. I tour the country. I'm not just sitting here from my sauna anymore. I've moved beyond that. I'm on tour. I'm going to be in Hollywood this weekend, San Jose, Sacramento, Las Vegas, D.C., Prefer Versace, All Miami Hoes, No About Moschino, and Hanover, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, and Philly. All right. Private events are going strong. Uh-huh. It is time to give away an award. The Juicy Smollett's Race Hoax Award of the Week. Each week, five or six minorities are always competing, calling everyone racist. These are usually the rich minorities. Most of them are dating white men or white women, like Don Lemon dating a white man, uh, Lori Lightfoot dating a white woman. Uh, they're, they're the first to tell you how horrible our country is, how hard it is. These are multimillionaires telling you how hard it was for them to become a multimillionaire in one generation. And they want to tell you how racist the nation is. So we're going to go over all the different people who are striving to be the biggest victims in America, and all of which are lying. Our first contestant is none other than LaCaron James. Are you familiar with LaCaron James? If you don't know, LeCaron was playing basketball, the game where you're paid millions of dollars. He's worth $1 billion for putting a circle into a bigger circle. And uh, this is a skill that we value in America, apparently. How cool you look putting your circle into the other circle. Okay? Forget heart surgeons. Forget brain surgeons. Forget Dr. Fauci, the lead epidemiologist of the world. 
So LeBron had some fans heckling him as every great player has. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dennis Rodman. LeBron is the only one who's so insecure he can't handle being made fun of. You suck. Go sit down. You'll never be Michael Jordan. If you tell him he'll never be Michael Jordan, it makes him so upset. That's why he went and got the Jordan number on his jersey. And every day he tries to sell tennis shoes. Nobody wants LeBron James tennis. Everybody still. Jordan hasn't touched a basketball in 30 years. But everybody still wants his shoes, not LeCarrant's. Anyways, long story short, some people started teasing him from the sidelines. And the story has now changed from... First he said, well, they said they were going to uh, kill my, gr- my children in the car accident, so uh, I can't stand for that. And then his own fans were like, yeah, they said they were going to kill LeBron James. His children or him? He's like, no, they said me. But, but um, no, but then they said my children in a car. He couldn't even get his story straight. Watch how LeCaron treats fans of basketball. These are important fans. Front row, floor seats. I don't know who their parents are, but... Uh, They probably don't just work at the local Starbucks. I'm thinking big time real estate developer, somebody from out of state cheering on their team. Check it out. Unbelievable. So as you could see, even he brought over the referee and was like, they need to go because they hurt my chance to play basketball. And uh, the ref didn't know which group. Uh, Obviously, he had to kick out two white people because LeBron James is one of the biggest racists in sports. And as a half Persian, I can tell you that Uh, because what do I care? I'm not white, but I can definitely be the referee. I'm looking at the black guy who hates the white people and going, they're racist against me. No, LeCaron, you're the racist. You're always attacking the white cop, the white victim, the white person on the bench. Anyways, he pointed them out, and the ref didn't know which group of white people. Like, them, them? And he's like, no, them. They got to go. Long story short, LeBron James, when he first moved to Beverly Hills, knew he was going to have rappers over, parties, smoking weed, doing drugs at his crib. So the first thing he did is have one of his buddies spray paint the N-word on his fence then he could show the media, come, come, look what they did. You see? Beverly Hills don't want me here. So, uh, which one of my neighbors is racist? There's got to be one of them. And so then all the neighbors were like, okay, we'll never call the cops on him. We will never call 911. We will never report people jumping the fence and stealing or shoplifting because LeCaron over here is already assuming we're all racist. So we're just going to turn a blind eye to whatever he's doing and he can get away with it. So that was what he did in the beginning. Now LeCaron James is actually bringing the police. Can I speak to the manager? They need to go. Yeah, right. Is that the worst or is this the worst? A construction site claims that somebody wrote something racist in the urinal of the porta potty. Therefore, they had to shut down the construction site and send all the construction workers home out of fear for the safety of the minorities who worked on the construction site. This story, you might not have heard, and the media wants to suppress it, because as we all know, this is probably a hoax. I read to you for my podcasters. The N-word threat was found in a porta potty at a Facebook construction site. All 1,300 construction workers were sent home, and a $50,000 reward is being offered to find the culprit. They show the porta potty, and that is where it was written, right there on the door, the N word. Does anyone for one minute believe that a white person that worked at Facebook went into the porta potty to write the N word on the door handle? And even if one person did that, Does anyone believe that's why you should send 1,300 working men home? Let me tell you what working men have seen written on the walls of porta-potties. Ladies, you've never been in our porta-potties. You go in the women's one, it smells like potpourri. They've got little dispensers. You put in a quarter, you turn the knob, little ball, you know, you open it up. There's toys and pads and wipes and perfumes. Men's 
porta potty, the door is lucky if it's still on the hinge. There's drawings of every body part you've ever seen. The N word, the F word, the SH word, two different kinds of C words, B words, LGB words. Men don't go in the porta potty and get shocked that they can't swing a hammer for the next 12 hours. Can I get a hell yeah? Rose knows, even the women know. You do your business, you get the hell out of the port potty. If you're in there long enough to get offended by the writing on the wall, you spent too much time in the disgusting porta potty. Okay? So, who is the biggest winner of the fake race hoax Juicy Smollett's award? LeBron James or Facebook construction workers? Hmm, it's close, right? But we're not done yet, folks. We have a new admission to the process because this is a running battle with the radical left. Everyone's racist and they want to be the first to figure out who could it be? So we move on. U.S. singer, who I've never heard of, Ari Lennox. Mind you, I like Annie Lennox. Sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I? Do you know Annie? Okay, everyone knows Annie Lennox. Nobody knows Ari Lennox. Ari Lennox says she was arrested at Amsterdam's airport after accusing airline staff of racial profiling her. The Dutch police say they are now investigating alleged possible threats made by her and claimed she was detained for being full of emotions and refusing to calm down. Now, let's face it. We all know Kanenes. These are the Karens who are not. Karens are white, Karenitas are Latinas, and Kanenes are like Ari Lennox. We all know Kanenes when they get mad. And the first thing they say is, y'all racist. She's a millionaire, apparently, traveling in Amsterdam. Amsterdam is like the leftist capital of the world. All they do is go to the red light district. They wear freaking capris and they pedal looking for tulips. White, black, gay, straight, everything goes in Amsterdam. You eat brownies, you get high, nobody gives a damn. But here come Kanene Lennox, and she know Amsterdam racist. Because if anyone being mean to me, it must be because y'all racist. Kanene, hi! Alright. But the Dutch police say no. Kanene wouldn't calm down. And now the whole country has to bend over backwards to pretend Amsterdam is not racist. This is a Kanene problem. Alright. So these are your three. I believe that's all we have for the... Fake Race Hustler Juicy Samalets Award of the Week. So let's recap. LeBron James kicking out two white people, calling them uh, terrorists for threatening to murder his child or him. He hasn't got that part of the story yet. Straight. Is it going to be the Facebook construction workers who were shocked to see the N-word written, probably by LeBron James, on the door handle? Or finally, is it Ari Lennox, the Kanene of Amsterdam, who came to take down the whole country and teach them about racism. See, Europe is finally starting to figure out, it doesn't matter how left you are, you start bringing BLM and leftists and Antifa to your country, they're gonna take you down too. Termites don't care, they'll just eat whatever healthy tissue is in the house. All right, who do you guys vote for? Havoc says, La Brenda. Another vote for La Bronda. Another vote for La Karen. Wow, that is three, I really thought, Ari doesn't even compare to Annie Lennox. Sure. Someone else is saying Annie Lennox is the one only. It appears so far that all the votes are going to LeBron. Anybody else? Anybody want to go with Facebook construction? We got one vote for the porta potty. Helen coming in hot with the porta potty Facebookers. Uh, Becky Shute tells us LeCaron wins it once again. LeBrondon and Facebook. Well, thanks to your vote. We took it to the people. I did not interject. I let the votes come in. And by a landslide, the Juicy Smollett's race hoax accuser of the week goes to LeCaron James. <laughs> Thank you for playing that game with me. It is going to be fun when we go to the next segment. You're not going to want to miss the difference between conservatives and leftists. Put your answer in the comments. What do you think the difference is between conservatives and leftists? Now, for those of you watching for the first time, I've been accused of being divisive with this segment. It's not divisive because conservatives, moderates, liberals, they're all in the same camp. They all like America. 
They, they have various differences on what we should do with immigrants who are already here that came illegally or what we should do with marijuana laws or what we should do with how long we should be at war. But at the end of the day, they like America. They like freedom of speech. They want to hear the other side's opinion and then make their own decision. I have no problem with that. Leftists are not liberals at all. They're anarcho-fascists, meaning they want all your rules to go down and they want to force new rules upon you at the same time. They want to get rid of your police, but then also have a national police force arrest you and put you in jail with no trial if you walked through the Capitol building because the doors were already open and you didn't even hurt anybody. They want to take your job away from you or force you to get an injection that you might not want. This is what the left does. So you have to understand, if you're like, I'm on the left, maybe you're not. Maybe you're liberal, maybe you're a moderate, and radical media has forced you to think you're a leftist. So what do you think the difference is between conservatives and leftists? Rose says, love and hate. Mary says, conservatives know to eat an apple a day. Leftists listen to fake Socialist Science by Dr. Fraudchi. Millennium Man says, leftists are lazy. Conservatives do all the work. These are all great answers. I'm going to give you mine. And it goes right on in with what Barbara is saying. Leftists want free-ish, and the right like to work super hard for what they earn. That is exactly what I was going to say. I can't believe you beat me to it. Conservatives save their money. Leftists want to spend your money. And that's all you need to know about that. We now go to a new segment that I think you should know about. We've talked about fake racism and there's plenty of that to go around. But I want to talk about real racism. Stealing from immigrant businesses with no penalty. If you haven't seen what's going on in California and in Chicago and in Baltimore and anywhere there's a nice mall, a flash mob, I don't know how, I don't know how they're organizing this, either on TikTok or Facebook or Snapchat. There is an app where they're all communicating where 25, 30, 40 cars show up at the same time. Like clowns, 80 kanenes pile out of the car at the same time. BLMers. And obviously they're all jogging because they're joggers, right? They jog into the store, smash the window, and jog back to the car. They're just jog. You can't shoot them. They're just jog. They're just getting some exercise. They're jogging. They're stretching. They're lifting. It's just a day at the gym. The gym just happens to be Nordstrom's. And they are taking things from Louis Vuitton. But this is CrossFit for the inner city. So, real racism, unlike the Kanenes who are saying the Karens and the Facebook porta potty people, real racism is allowing one culture to rob every store they want, not really arresting anybody. If it's under $950, let them go. That's not even really a misdemeanor, barely. And then letting them get away with that to the point where they have less and less respect for rules, our country, our fellow citizens, and then our individual businesses. And in the end, our lives. If you keep stealing from the community's businesses, people will lose their jobs and then their lives. It's getting so bad in California that the criminals are stealing from each other. That's when you know you hit rock bottom. Watch the looters looting the looters. There you go. So what I was showing you there was a video for my podcasters where they're coming out of the Walnut Creek Mall. This is about the 10th time they've robbed it this month. And, and, but someone got the shoes the other guy wanted, and he wanted the jacket. So they're knocking each other down and stealing from each other. And that is when you've hit rock bottom. Now that's true racism, letting one culture get away with so much that they end up hurting each other, and then they're going to hurt you next. And they're not going to understand why when they finally get collared. Why are you touching me? Let me speak to the manager. Y'all racist. This never happened to me before. I'm used to special treatment. Okay. Let's talk about real racism. Steve Kerr, the Bay Area leftist, basketball coach, famous for playing a little basketball and then teaching other people how to put the ball into the circle. 
multi-millionaire, lived the biggest life of privilege in the United States of America, hates the country, hates white people, hates the Republicans, hates conservatives, hates the Second Amendment, hates the Constitution, but he's so full of love. A typical leftist. You want to talk about real racism? I was just glancing at Steve Kerr, wondering why the coach of the Golden State Warriors was such an idiot, and I understand he has to coach a bunch of LeCarrens, so he has to play to them. He has to be on their side of every issue, even if it's wrong. But he truly believes this. But real racism is Steve Kerr naming his son Nick because he knew what he was doing. Lest you think I'm lying, podcasters, we look at Steve Kerr, the goofy-looking redhead. He's an American professional basketball coach. He's now the coach of the Golden State Warriors. He's 56 years old, born in Lebanon. And his children, he named Matthew, Madeline, and of course, Nick. If you're not understanding why that's hilarious, I need you to say, if you're listening on a podcast or in your living room, say Steve Kerr's son, Nick, say his full name loud three times. Nick Kerr. Okay, say it again. Nick, go ahead. Because if I say it, I'm going to... You see, they don't understand I'm half Persian. But if your last name is Kerr, would you name your son Nick? And then he's not listening to you? You're like, Nick Kerr, please. Nick Kerr, sit down. That is one dumb Nick Kerr. I'll tell you what. I need this Nick Kerr to listen to me. There you have it. So that is true racism. Steve Kerr tries so hard to pander to the radical left, but he is the most racist man in basketball. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk about something even more serious. The Cuomo bozos are at it again. I couldn't believe it when I saw this news story. First of all, you know I was one of the first comedians, one of the only comedians to make fun of Andrew Cuomo. Go back to podcast number three, four, five, I think right in there. And I was doing Andrew Cuomo because I used to hear him give those stupid press conferences. They were telling you that he is the antecedent, the miracle drug in comparison to Donald Trump. He might be the next president because these press conferences are so good. I'm listening to the guy speak. I'm like, this is like a bad Godfather part six. Like, the guy has lived in New York his entire life, but he talks like he just got here first generation from Sicily. I didn't mean to grab her butt. I didn't know I was hurting her feelings. Anyway, they gave this idiot a Pulitzer Prize. They gave him the Presidential Medal of Honor. They gave this moron an Emmy, a Grammy, an ESPY award, a VH1, a BET, an MTV award. He's sitting there with so many awards. He looks like Mr. T, just bling-blinging. And then, as soon as Donald Trump's out of office, the left was like, wait a minute, this guy's an idiot. All these women came out once Trump was gone, they could finally turn on this guy, even though they knew all of his misdeeds for the last decade and they got him fired. But Chris Cuomo, here's why this is so bad. Chris Cuomo pretends he is a moderate newscaster. CNN, where news comes first. CNN is not real news. And thankfully, Trump really exposed it on a, all of us were grumbling like, I don't think this is real news. But Trump went on TV and said it, boom. And 300 million people heard it. You're fake news. Okay, you're not even real. You're fake news, buddy. No, you don't get another question. You're very stupid, okay? You're very stupid people, and you're dishonest, and what you're doing is wrong. And people are like, why did the president just point at a newscaster and say what you're doing is wrong? Well, the smart citizens were looking into it more. The really smart citizens were like, (laughs) that's what I've been saying for like a decade, two decades. The moderates were like, well, I'll watch. And the radical left were like, no, 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 this news exactly fulfills all points of view I already have. You should not be criticizing Chris Cuomo and Don Lemonhead. Well, 
Because we've pulled the curtain back, the smart, the extra smart, and the moderates are all against CNN now. Because you see Andrew Cuomo, the biggest story in the news was Andrew Cuomo getting busted for sexual harassment, inappropriate behavior, asking women to bite a sausage and grabbing their buns. Okay, Chris Cuomo, who's supposed to be a newscaster, wouldn't cover it anymore. Oh, he was yucking it up with Andrew during COVID. Is it true mom put a Q-tip in your nose the size of a double barrel shotgun for that thing mounted on your face? It was all laughing and jokes. The death tolls going up. They're blaming it all on Trump, even though all the red states did significantly better than New York City, the death capital of the world. And here's Andrew yucking it up with his stupid, ignorant brother. It's hard to tell who's dumber. Chris Cuomo was secretly using his privilege as a newscaster to figure out which accusers were after his brother and then find out information about them. So he could do what? Harass them? Make them an offer they couldn't refuse? CNN host Chris Cuomo used his media sources to find out info on brother Andrew's accusers. The records show so what happened today? Chris Cuomo has officially been suspended indefinitely for being a horrible reporter, a very immoral newscaster, and more importantly, using his privilege to help his overly privileged Italian sausage-eating brother get out of trouble and to harass the victims of Andrew Cuomo. Mm. <sighs> I'm telling you, if you're watching this and you're a Democrat, it's not too late to wake up. You stumbled upon the right show. You give me this much of your time. The reason this is the right show is we're right way more than we're wrong. CNN is the wrong show. Stay with me. You're going to have a much better opportunity to figure out what the truth is. All right. So, it has been fun getting everyone up to speed. Some of you are so busy. The only time you hear many of these stories is when you tune in right here on The Right Show. We do it each and every week. It's supposed to be Wednesday, but tomorrow I'm at the movie premiere of The Funny Thing About Love. I'm so excited when this movie comes out. I'll be cringing watching in the back because I didn't edit it. I don't know what I'm going to expect. But there's so many talented people that even if my performance is the worst you've ever seen, it'll still be a great movie. And we know that's not the case. But when I'm not doing movies and when I'm not doing the right show with you, I have a talk show called The Last Night Show. Not The Tonight Show, not The Late Night Show, not The Tomorrow Night. The Last Night Show. And we do fun games. We have good-looking girls on there. We have fun energy and a great production team. The only thing we need fixing is our little mic. Give my audio quality a little... Give me a break on the audio. I didn't do the audio. But take a look at how much fun we have where I challenge my co-host to see how much they know about Latin. Enjoy. Time for a legal terminology game. I'm going to read random Latin words and you Ooh. tell me how this applies in the law to okay. you. Okay. Are you ready? ready? <laughs> okay, let's start with this one. Who knows what ab initio is? Ab initio. Taking the initiative ab. to do abs. Yeah, you got to do your abs. <laughs> Every day. In Latin, this translates to from the beginning. It is commonly used to describe the time when a contract Statute, marriage, or deed first became legal. It was ab initio on June 20th, oh, 2021. close to my birthday. There it I is. I like that. <laughs> arbitration. Arbitra or arbitration. I made that with Ooh, you. Is that, sounds like a cologne. You, <laughs> a cologne. Try the new arbitration. Yeah. It will stop her in her tracks. <laughs> Arbitration, a form of dispute resolution where both parties consent to being bound by the decision of an arbitrator chosen by both parties. Arbitration is used in the resolution of commercial disputes as an alternative to going to court. Okay? Still don't know what it means. But all right. You still don't know what it means. After that, it's like a mini court it. before going all the way to court. Gotcha. So it might be handled a little cheaper. Bonafide or bonafide. Isn't it when something's fake? A bonafide. Uh, what do you think? Fire. Bonaf bonfire. Yes. <laughs> Come over. I've got the great the bonafide. Bonafide. I've got the marshmallow. Bonafide. I'm going to make a s'more. <laughs> bonafide is the opposite of faith. Oh, fake. Oh, sure. It means in good faith, 
which uh, is an honest transaction without any intentions to deceive. So you were a hundred percent exactly wrong. wrong. <laughs> But that's good. Thank you. Close. Caveat emptor. Sounds like caviar. Caviar. Mm, yes. Give empty, me a little, empty caviar. That's more it's caviar. It's food on the menu. I'm, I'm feeling emptor. It's a type of food on the menu. Caveat emptor. Buyer beware. <laughs> buyer beware. This refers to the principle that the buyer is responsible for checking into the product before you purchase it. Oh. Oh. We're learning a lot on this show. I definitely am. <laughs> Eminent domain. I swear, sounded like Eminem. I was about to say Eminem domain. Yeah. Yeah. Eminem owns Website. all the rights to his own. Music. What was that again? <laughs> Eminent domain is the government will pay a sum of money and be able to compensate your private land if they have a bigger project ready to go. Yeah. They can take my land. Yeah, if they want to build Good a train know. track that goes all the way through a part of town and you're like, not me, I'm holding out. <laughs> <laughs> Got my land right here. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, no, you don't. Whoa! And they can take that land. She's smiling. Give me that. I ain't buying out here, though. All right. You're right. We're down to the last two. Malum inse. Maluma. Malum inse. Malum in sea. Malum Melon sea. I don't know. Melons in the sea. Uh, seedless watermelon? Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> In Latin, wrong in itself, you are malum in si. It refers to something that is seen as innately or inherently wrong, whether the law provoke, uh, whether the law, I'm reading it, whether the law prevents it or not. Okay. Right, let's say they forgot to make a law about stealing or slapping her shoe or whatever in it. She's getting so mad. And I'm like, what? There's no law against that. You're like, malum and say. <laughs> With the accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. that accent. That would be good. Uh, All of a twist. We're learning a lot. Yes. Finally, in Paris, delicto. In Paris, Delicious. Delicious. You're thinking about food. Yeah, darling, I'm hungry. This is, this is not one of the menu items delicto at Olive Delicto is Garden. like, it's like delicate. In Paris, delicto. So yeah. you're saying is in it? Paris, this is considered delicate. Delicate, yeah. No. <laughs> that means equal offense. A situation where both parties are equally at fault. Oh. Yeah, so if you guys okay. are both pulling out of Trader Joe's and then you uh. both hit each other, I'll say, in Paris, delicto. <laughs> and that's final. All right, that's enough of interpreting laws. And I'm now hungry for Italian food. So. <laughs> so there you go. I thought that was fun in the comments as that video was playing. Someone mentioned, we can actually learn something and laugh while watching this show. And that is the key. I can't think of anything I've ever learned while watching Stephen Sobor, the Stephen Sobor show, or the Trevor No Laugh show, or SNL, Sorry Not Laughing. Every ounce of information they give you is fake or false. Like they'll be like, Bleh. Like Trevor Noah will be like, this, this country is so racist. Like, 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 remember when LeBron James, like somebody racist spray painted something racist on his fence. First of all, why would you do that? He's a nice guy. You're like, this whole premise, wherever you go with this joke is built on a lie from here. R remember when Jesse Smollett was, was just trying to go get a sandwich and only in Chicago would two big, Republicans with red hats jump on him and tie a noose around his neck. Like in Africa, like we don't even do that there, but of course in Chicago, no, 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 like they would do that there. No, because that never happened. So every joke or every story or every point of view you have from the premise is already false because you're, you're just lying, whether you know it or you're too stupid and you can't figure it out. That's why we built the right show to put people on the right track, get them off the left side of the fence. Some people are so far left and they're in the mainstream, so they don't even realize it. You gotta get out of the stream, get dried off, get onto the shore, get onto the banks and go, oh, oh, the mainstream is really the, the wild rapids of leftism. And being far right is in the middle where you're actually on safe ground They'll call you a far radical right. They call me that. Oh, you're far radical. No, I'm not even far radical right. I'm not. Because I'm half Persian. I'm a comedian. I tour the country. I don't sit and go to church every Sunday and just thump my Bible and only live in a small town in Iowa. And even if I did, that wouldn't mean anything either. But I'm a world traveling, immigrant's child, English as a second language, better looking than Kamala Harris, 
smarter. Uh, my voice doesn't shake. <laughs> and I don't cackle. And that's all you can expect when you watch this show. Hope you enjoyed. So, that was the last night's show. You learned your Latin. I hope you'll tune in. We are now five episodes in, 12 more to go. And if enough people watch, we get renewed for another season. Remember, The Funny Thing About Love comes out December 3rd everywhere. Order the premiere on Apple iTunes TV if you're not in one of those cities I mentioned earlier in this episode. It's only going to be around in theaters December 3 to 9, so go find a theater. We tell truth through comedy. Thank you for the tips in the bucket. A couple of you put in stars on Facebook. A couple of you put a tip in the jar. All that money goes towards promoting my next upcoming tour dates. Look at these people who have donated money. My under $50 club, Booyah. Those people are keeping me alive, promoting the show against the budgets of Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. The whole media will push them. We are pushing ourselves. Self-propelled, which means they can't take it away from us as easily either. Over $100 donations. My goodness. Shout out to Del Nas, E.M. Key, Linda, and Ari and Arturo. If you want to make a one-time donation, it's very simple to do it. Just go on GoFundMe. It's Christmas time. Come on. Or PayPal, Tanks God, or Venmo at KVON KVON. And if you're a Lenene Kanene La Karen, I got that Cash App too. Mm, you know it. We're hanging on locals after this. Ask me anything you want. Private questions, nothing is off limits. Doesn't mean I'll answer it, but you can ask whatever you want and give this podcast five stars. I'm gonna put all your comments up as I see them for the next few minutes. I'll see you on Locals. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next.